Hey, welcome back to The Wannabes. This is a great episode. Let's just talk about it. What a treat, man. I just spent the past hour and a half and change editing. Not much to edit, just really listening to this wonderful conversation. Um, this is Wasabi and Dr. Jones, spelt like pones. And they just lock in to this conversation about mindfulness and competition and self-esteem and ego. Childhood, uh, it just, it, it is one of those episodes where you just want it to keep going and going and it satisfies. It really hits so many things that I know I'm thinking about all the time and anyone who's taking either melee or rocket league or any other skill seriously just i think could get so much out of this is where we want to be as a podcast and and man i just can't <laughs> uh, i'm so happy to have some small part of this it's, it's really uh it was really something special so if you like this episode i think there's some other stuff out there too for you Feel free to check out everything else we have on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, wherever you find us. We're revamping our YouTube a bit. We were given the rights to release the new New York City Power Ranking video edited by Wasabi himself. And it's a really good video, man. Check that out, too. And this might be the longest intro I've done. So let me cut it short. (laughs) Let me cut it long. So, just enjoy Dr. Jones. I'm really curious when you, like, made the switch to Rocket League and and that whole experience uh, compared to Melee. Because I think that's one thing I'm really excited for, actually, uh, that I'm really hoping to capture is, like, that like this podcast while it started because both of us play melee it's like it's not special because it's the game melee right it's 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 it branches out outside of that a lot more as well to like any other kind of performance related competition so that's why i'm really i'm super excited to talk about rocket league too yeah absolutely no i think um yeah there is a lot of carryover you know just when you start talking about like serious competition and um, and the process of, of improving and trying to sort of like master yourself a little bit, you know, if you can get a little bit sort of like mm-hmm. Zen with that. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's a big part of it. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, you know, excited to talk about melee, excited to talk about rocket league, um, and kind of, you know, sort of my journey with both of those. Um, yeah. And then just kind of all the things that I feel like ended up happening around it or it's sort of the personal growth that oh, both of those games really helped to help to prompt you know help me get going in that direction yeah we have to get into personal growth we absolutely have to that's <laughs> i love talking about that yeah same same so uh so maybe we, uh, i don't know we could probably like start with uh the beginning at least as far as like competitive gaming goes maybe maybe mm-hmm. go, go there and because uh, because that'll that'll bring us back to back to 2014 um and so that yeah. was that was with uh, the, the Foundry, you know, so the Folsom Street yeah, Foundry. Yeah, and that's when I met you and, and everything. That's right, yeah, because 
because you came out what in 2015 right for... 2015 i was yeah. there for a summer for an internship that's right that's right yeah and so i i had been going to the foundry like pretty regularly probably about it every really every week that i could um mm-hmm. that was back yeah october of 2014 was when i started going uh, going to that and that was really what started the sort of consistent effort and exposure and just involvement in the melee community in NorCal. And that was when, you know, people started seeing me and mispronouncing my tag because you know, people thought it was, it's like, oh, is it, is it Dr. Dr. Johns? Or, you know, PPU <laughs> is on the mic and it's like, oh, no, like, I think it's, it's, it's got to be like Dr. J wins. It's got to be like, uh, you know, like a rapper where they take the vowels out of their name. Yeah, it's Dr. J wins. So uh, it took a little while, um, but then people kind of got got used to my tag. But um, yeah, but yeah, because I got started um, with that kind of stemming from. Well, I guess because I'm a doc kid, really. Uh, so my my buddy, uh, my like OG Smash homie, um, Chris Best. Do you remember Chris from? Uh, uh, dude, uh, yeah, from Foundry Days? I, of course. Yeah, yeah, I remember Chris. He was such a. He's such a nice guy. Yeah, it's just, Chris is a uh, yeah, really like just the the OG homie, you know, for, for me like, as far as like the, the melee stuff goes, because we knew each other through basketball, because we were playing basketball at the UC Berkeley like rec center. Um, he had finished up going to Berkeley, and, and I had just moved out to NorCal to just kind of get away from uh, New England, which is where I'm originally from. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so he asked me, it's like, oh, you, you know that game like Super Smash Brothers Melee for the GameCube. <laughs> and i was like yeah man and so i when i, I brought my setup back um from uh, from new england um when i came back from uh from new england that that christmas so i guess it would have been the end of 2013 beginning of 2014 and so we were playing kind of just you know like your usual like casual scrub stuff um where you don't really know like uh you don't know the depth of it you know you don't you don't know like the full extent of like what all is going on with this game but uh, but then yeah, Chris sent the documentary over to me, and he's telling me about Mango and all this stuff, and uh, yeah, and so I watched it, you know, all what, it's like four, what, is it four hours, six hours? I can't remember how long it is. Yeah, now. it's like four hours. Yeah, so I watched all of that um, on like a sick day, like, you know, just taking a day, you know, not feeling well, home from the office. Yeah, so I watched it, and I was like, this is sick. And so then the two of us kind of slowly. Um, over you know over a couple months you know ended up playing more seriously um i had a setup at my place you know he got a setup for his place and uh yeah no so um so we, we got into that and i think it's really interesting you know as we're kind of talking about you know like personal growth and and how it's prompted mm-hmm. and, and with, with the games like when i got started um like i was kind of like your typical like salty like noob where like I just wanted to win, um, and I wanted, I, I don't know, just like making excuses and not really dealing with the reality, you know, that there's like so much to do, um, and so much to work on and get better at. And so when Chris and I would play, uh, he can attest to this, uh, like, and I was playing Ganon, you know, so that was my OG, my OG. Yeah, yeah, name. I remember Ganon. Yeah, and uh, which also kind of showed you know a lot of my stubbornness uh, with the game and and with just with, with the process you know um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah and so we would play and he was playing Marth and so he would trunch me and uh, I think Chris has always had the upper hand um, at least in melee and, and maybe just in general um, as a as a person in competitive games um, just that that PVP that player versus player and trying to outthink mm-hmm. um, your opponent. 
And so, I mean, he's already, you know, he's playing a better character and he's already got, you know, the upper hand on like the rock, paper, scissors on me. Um, yeah. And so I would just get stone cold silent and just like angry stare at the, at the CRT. And uh, yeah. And like, that was me, like when I started, you know, like, so it's, so yeah, just now with where I'm at and, you know, trying to think about like mindfulness and like personal growth and everything, it's just really funny to kind of set that as like the beginning point, you know? Yeah, it's almost really funny because I, like, you know, obviously we talked to Genesis, but it was, like, very brief while I think I was, like, waiting for pools or something like that. So I was kind of, like, not as as talkative because I was, I think I was about to play, like, my, like, the third seed in that pool. So I was, like, really trying to focus. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, I was so surprised when I saw, like, on my Twitter feed that, like, Ginger retweeted something you said. I'm like, hey, whoa, whoa that's, like, that's Drew, you know? And... You know, then, like, I, like, looked into your, like, you know, Twitter account and everything like that, and I did not know, like, you know, like, the every, you know, everything that you do with, like, performance psychology and, like, bring in mindfulness to, like, competitive games, and, like, you know, right now, the current one mainly is Rocket League. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was like, oh, my God, like, almost immediately, I was like, I need to message you right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, um... Yeah, it was like getting into it. Like it, it took me a while uh, to understand, um, like what I needed to do as far as like the investment in my, you know, like my competitive psychology, like my mental state, really, and almost like mental fitness, if you want to think about it that way. You know, it's like traditional mm-hmm. athletes. You know, people who are playing, you know, basketball, you know soccer football whatever you know it's like they're invested in their body and they want to make sure their body's in a good spot because otherwise they can't perform and like for us as gamers like there is obviously you know a little bit to do with with our bodies like our hands you know and we got to make sure that we're not you know just destroying our backs with like really bad posture and our necks and stuff like that's there it's like but really like if you if you're worried about being able to like bring it and like perform you know, and, and like beat that, you know, like that third seed, you know, in your pool and whatever, like our, our brains, like our, our minds need to be in a good spot, you know, it's like, because our, you know, our minds are the, you know, kind of responsible for, uh, sort of our attitude, you know, mm-hmm. and, and what, what do you bring into a match? Like, are you bringing some, some self-confidence and some trust, like in your preparation? Are you bringing kind of an openness, um, to, possibility you know like are you coming in trying to decide as soon as possible like what's going to happen like oh i'm totally going to beat this guy or oh man like i don't know like i gotta play dark atma so you know you say like oh i'll try but maybe inside like internally you kind of feel like you already know you're going to lose and yeah so like a lot of that you know you're bringing in and then also just how like in the moment are you you know so you can process like what's happening you know it's like because especially with melee, I mean, God, that game's so fast, man. Like it's like trying to process like these little like dash dance like sequences, you know, when a fox is like outside your shield and you're trying to figure out what they like to do. You know, it's trying to pick up on patterns and you know whatever it is that you're looking to react to. Like you gotta see it and then just go. And if you're feeling sluggish and stuff, then like that's yeah, it's it, it, it'll really hurt your performance. Um, so. Yeah, but it took me a long time, yeah, to, to really get into that. And I think it took a lot of just, like, personal, like, life circumstances. Um, mm-hmm. Because back, yeah, so, like, 2014, 2015, um, I was, uh, 
yeah, kind of, I was working a job that really was not like giving me energy back. You know, I, I feel like, or, or at the very least, it wasn't like keeping me at like a neutral position. I know? love that you phrased it that way. <laughs> I phrased it the exact same way. <laughs> yeah, because like that's um, like that's real. You know, so like I was trying to work this job, and it was, it was my day job. It wasn't anything that I was particularly um, ex- excited about. It's like, but my sort of main thing back then, if you had asked me, like, what's like your main squeeze, like your main goal or whatever, like it, it was, it wasn't even melee. It was music. Um, mm-hmm. so like I, through high school, I think it was like the beginning of high school I, I started playing guitar and I started, um, and I'd, I'd been singing for a long time, you know, since, since then uh, or before then. Um, but that was, that was my thing. Like I wanted to be like the next, like John Mayer, like Jason Mraz, Dave Matthews, like that acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. like singer songwriter deal. And, um, and so I was working this job that I wasn't really stoked on um and i was playing music um and, and, and doing some music but i wasn't really um i don't know i wasn't really following through with my actions um to kind of match my intentions or what i was telling people what i wanted to do so like i wanted to like you know write songs and and uh play them and you know, like, you know, had this joke with my friends from high school. Like the like the running joke was like, oh, like when you're famous, you know, because like I had enough. I was good enough at it, you know, that I've gotten positive feedback from most people that had given me feedback. I never actually had to stare down the, um, like that hard, like like you suck, <laughs> like you're not gonna make mm-hmm. it sort of thing. And I probably would have if I had gone out to, I don't know, like L.A. or Nashville or Austin or something and really you know cut my teeth, um, as the musicians say. But um, anyways, yeah, so I, I was just in this phase where I just wasn't doing what I said I wanted to do, you know, which then made the job more discouraging. And so I felt like I wasn't really bringing it, you know, at work and I wasn't really bringing it to my to my goals. I was, you know, not approaching Melee in a particularly um, productive way either. So I was really pretty frustrated with a lot of the things that were going on. And I think probably to top it all off, like, I, you know, my, so my wife now, but at the time, like we were having a really rocky year. Um, we ended mm-hmm. up like, you know, taking a break and then breaking up with it. We thought was for good. And so just like a really, really like rocky spot. And I just needed to find some like inner peace, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, just like something to, yeah, of course. to lean on some, some way to invest in my, in my own well being. Um, and so that kind of kicked off, I think probably the first book that I ever got that was really about, just like trying to grow as a person was this thing called the now habit. Um, Cause I just, I felt like I was procrastinating. I felt like that was my issue. Um, and so I got this, yeah, it's called the now habit. It's about, you know, trying to fight procrastination. I mean, the, the funny thing is I never actually finished reading it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All right. Um, That's interesting. But how far did you get? Like uh, I got, I got far enough that it started to kick off. Um, just thinking thinking about how i thought about myself and thing and having some curiosity around like how how, what's my self-perception like like what am i telling myself and how much of it is based in reality and how much do i actually understand like what i'm fighting with here like internally Mm -hmm. and because the 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 big thing that really helped me to define was like why am i doing this like why am i procrastinating why am i sabotaging myself with like these goals that i have and the the big thing that I 
kind of discovered really just in like those first couple chapters of the book um, was that I actually had inherited like some really serious like workaholic um, and perfectionist tendencies from my parents. And I knew the perfectionist part. I, I had a feeling that was there because my perfectionism really makes a lot of new tasks, especially, or like new goals or things to dive into. It makes them really intimidating. And I've kind of known that for a while and I, I had known that, but the, the workaholic thing was kind of a surprise to me. Um, but the way that the book talked about procrastination was that it's like the, the reason generally for most people that they procrastinate is because once you get started or you look at getting started and you feel like once you start, it's never going to stop. Um, and so both people who procrastinate and people who are workaholics tend to have that same uh, perception of work. They both feel like once you start working, it's never going to end. And they just respond differently. Workaholics dive into work and they never stop working. Um, whereas people who procrastinate, they try and put off starting work as much as they possibly can. Um, uh. And I used to, I mean, I did this all the time with, with anything with the deadline. It was always my perfectionism would flare up and I would worry about the quality of my work. If I'm being honest with myself, I don't think I could have articulated it at the time. Um, but I was worried about the quality of my work and I was worried about what that would say about me, like as a human being, you know, like I, I grew up as someone who was considered like talented and smart and all that stuff. Um, and I didn't, that, yeah, that was a lot of my self-worth and my identity was baked into that. And so I didn't want to go out and put forward what I thought was my best effort. Um, and fall flat, you know, and because then all of a sudden that challenges what I think about myself and it challenges my self-worth and, and all those things that, you know, I think all of us grapple with, you know, in some way or another. Um, but that's for me personally, how that sort of took form. So I would put stuff off um, because mm -hmm. I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to get into this world where work was never going to end. And I, and I didn't want to approach these tasks that really I saw as like a threat to myself. So, um, but yeah, but once I defined it, it's like, oh shit, like I'm, I'm like my dad, <laughs> like I'm like, because I, I really kind of point to, uh, I think um, the way that my dad approaches work, like he's super industrious um, and, um, and he points to, and, yeah, and, you know, he would work a long day at the office and then he'd come home and then he'd just dive into like helping my mom out with like raising us kids and, and he was always working um, and I think, you know, I, I can see, you know, how he got, you know, some of that, at least from his dad. Um, Maybe from maybe probably from his mom too, but just like all you know, really industrious people, um, and you know that like that, and that comes with its pros and its cons, right? Because like you you learn to to work, or you see a good example of what working looks like. But there's also, you know, as I was experiencing experiencing it at the time, sort of like that double edged sword. Um, and then yeah, and I think like you know, and then I think both my parents are probably you know perfectionists, and, and mm -hmm. I know yeah, my mom is always really busy and, and keeps herself busy, and I imagine that both of them will probably listen to this at some point since <laughs> since I'm doing this. So you know, love you guys. <laughs> yeah, let's let's shout out the parents for sure. Shout out but them. yeah, it's so interesting because like generational trauma, right? Like that's what you like is is so interesting because it like kind of continues from each generation, right? It's not just like a childhood thing, mm -hmm. and it almost is like the it's really funny like hearing you talk about it because you know i sort of have the similar tendencies but for like a different reason mm. where it's like more so like you know growing up as a kid like you know my parents would always be like oh like did you do it this way did you do it that way so like always sort of being like 
double checked in a certain way like yeah. a little bit like audited uh sort of let it so that like now you know i'm in my mid-20s and like i'm like you know actually like tackling these issues and stuff like that uh for you know for myself and it's really interesting realizing that like oh like this like worry of not doing things right comes from like always being like checked or questioned as a kid of like oh did you do it like the quote-unquote right way you know or or whatever way they perceived it as so it's so interesting to to hear your you know story of it as well because because it's it's very paralleled and and like easy like so relatable i feel like uh to mine as well which is really interesting yeah no i i and i super relate to that as well you know it's uh did you um by any chance grow up in like a pretty like strict like christian household thing was that is that part so of your, my, your deal? My family is Catholic, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, they weren't strict because they were Catholic. They're Filipino. No, oh, okay. And it's like, it's more of like a, the immigrant family. Like, you know, I, I'm first generation. So we came over, uh, I moved when I was like six to the oh, U S wow, and stuff yeah. like that. So it was, so it was more of like, uh, like I, it's really weird. Cause I, I sometimes forget it, but that like, oh yeah, like I'm first generation. Like it, this is a lot of like from, you know, talking with a lot of people, both in like my college years and like post, like, you know, a lot of what I'm finding out is, like, you know, a lot of people who have sort of been through this sort of simulation uh, who are, like, first-generation immigrants uh, have sort of very similar backstories of their family, where, you know, in the Philippines, it's, like, a little bit more hierarchical, like, the methods and the traditions are, like, very different, I think, compared to, like, the U.S. at times, mm-hmm. and so I think that's, like, definitely was, like, the biggest thing uh growing up for me but they were like actually like fairly strict as well sure just just kind of as a matter of fact yeah that that makes sense now my uh, my wife's family um my wife is half mexican uh, so yeah, her, mm-hmm. her mom is, is mexican and her you know that side of the family and and that yeah they, they get a lot of they get a lot of that a lot of that so i'm um, yeah I've, I've seen a little bit of like what, what that looks like just like that mindset and um yeah, just you know, like you're you're always trying to do, not just like your best, but you're trying to do like the best, just the objective best. You know, like everything is being second guessed and second, and like double checked, and you're always you know sort of second guessing yourself. Yeah, you because know, like you internalize like that that inner critic. You know. Yeah, exactly, and it's sort of like my family was. You know, like there's some families where they're like the world isn't fair, so like you should know that. I think like the definitely the sentiment from my family was like my mom always acknowledged that like yeah like the world isn't fair but like there are those are the rules that you sort of like play by Mm -hmm. so it's sort of this idea of like on top of and this is I feel like where the perfectionist comes in to sort of loop back is like that you're always going to like be watched and and judged so your actions have like some sort of like repercussion whether it's like a judgment or a reflection of like yourself of like of yourself or to the family or whatever yeah yeah it's a lot of pressure you know like it's uh really yeah it really puts a lot of emphasis on just like all the things you do you know so it's yeah it's definitely a lot to live with but uh yeah but i i hear that you know and just trying to like unpack it all right it's like definitely definitely a a quest (laughs) yeah it's definitely a journey well that's the interesting thing right is because i feel like there have been so many things growing up like you know sports or school and stuff like that where you know it, it was on their terms of like what they thought was like quote unquote good right and when you know melee came along for me it was almost like the first it felt 
very it felt very much like my own thing where mm-hmm. there was like they didn't there was no sort of like quote unquote like because my family isn't like super big on like video games at all or anything like that so when I started doing it I was like oh this is like gonna be my thing like you know I, I fell in love with it, I think in like 2015 or so yeah so like it was like oh like how do I define like what's good for me like mm-hmm. how do I define success and sort of like that's what like sort of jump-started this whole you know conversation that like led outside obviously to like more mentality and self self-perception and 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 all of that which was really interesting yeah I that's one of the things that I really try and point to when I explain to people like outside of like the gaming world or I mean hell even sometimes people inside the gaming world but just the, the value of these competitive games uh, as a like a trigger and an outlet for personal growth because if you play the game and you're trying to get better and you stick with that process and that goal even just a little bit like you you're really forced to come to terms you know by one way or another like how how you're doing like what your progress is like and and mm. that can it's really hard not to have some level of like honest self-assessment with that you know like even if it has to be beaten into you and you have to be like broken down like i think like for me you know like with melee and just you know so like i as i was sort of investing in this personal growth stuff um then um then you know playing melee as well um because melee got to be the point where like i felt like i was starting to sort of seesaw a little bit like where I, mm-hmm. I was spending a lot of my time in melee, but I was still kind of maintained these goals with music, and I was still doing music. So I was doing both. I was doing both music mm-hmm. and melee, and and uh, and then in the background or in parallel, I was you know doing this investment in my in my personal growth. But um, yeah, but I just it just got beaten into me, you know. Like I was losing a bunch, and I was getting tired of it, and I just didn't really know what was going on. Um, and to kind of go back to to Chris, um, like Chris is Chris's mind for improvement and learning things, um, and his self discipline with that is uh, pretty remarkable because he got really good really really quickly. You know, like because mm-hmm. he was ranked in the NorCal PR for you know not I mean what maybe year and a half two years after we we started playing, but I just I was watching him just outstrip my growth like exponentially um you know and he had all these different processes in place um where he was you know working on like fundamental things and he was defining like like what what is the most effective thing for me to work on next like what's the biggest block that i should attack to like shore up or start build you know continue building this foundation of of skill in the game um and then how do i attack that improvement efficiently and so um yeah, so just like having that model, like having him there, like improving and kind of, it's almost like this like Pokemon style, like you know, like rivalry. You know, it's like it's like your yeah, friend and your rival, and 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 they kind of they end up like pushing you, um, just by being there, you know, and by them being there and growing and like outpacing you. It's just like shit. Like what, what do I, what do I have to do, you know, to like catch up? Like, like the the, the gap used to not be this big. Um, Yes. So between you know him being there, almost as like a positive model. So it's almost like a little bit of like 
you know, like sort of carrot and stick thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just going to the foundry every week and just getting, you know, just getting beat up <laughs> my Gannon, just getting, yeah, you know, just absolutely like demolished. Uh, yeah. And, and so then, um, so I think that really primed me for sort of like the important personal growth that I need, that I needed to start engaging with the improvement process a little bit better. Cause then from there, let's see. So I was still, I transitioned out of that job, that first job that I mentioned to you earlier. Um, so I, mm-hmm. I transitioned out of that job and I got myself a job at another company. Still wasn't something that was, you know, ultimately super exciting to me. Um, but it was, you know, a, a step in a different direction, at least something, you know, hopefully trying to get something better that wasn't going to be quite so mm-hmm. draining on my, my personal energy. And, um, and when I was doing that, I read two two books that I feel like really kind of kicked off everything. Um, and it was uh, The Dude and the Zen Master by, so Jeff Bridges, of all people, so the movie star Jeff Bridges, and Bernie mm-hmm. Glassman, who, um, to my understanding, is considered one of the preeminent experts on Zen Buddhism, so therefore, you know, the Zen Master, um, in the Western world, or at least North America. And so they had, yeah, so they wrote this book, kind of looking at Jeff Bridges' character in uh, The Big Lebowski, so the dude. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah, and so okay. c- kind of looking at, at that character um, and um, and how he exhibits some, like, Zen Buddhist things and how that, you know, that sort of plays out in, in the movie. Um, and then the other book was, um, let's see, Mindset by carol dweck she's a psychologist out of i believe stanford um so hopefully i'm right there this yeah she's out of stanford but so this book mindset was really examining these two ways of approaching growth and Mm -hmm. one is what she calls a fixed mindset where you believe that everything is just kind of set in stone like you have some genetic sort of predetermination of what your capabilities are in any different field mm-hmm. and you can tap that it's like but your potential will not grow like you have a hard ceiling and yeah, then of course there's the growth mindset to kind of counter that um where you believe that um that every failure is just an opportunity to grow um and that you can push through your um your failures and your difficulties and your struggles and it's actually that process of pushing through those things that helps you raise your ceiling. So there is there isn't that hard cap. Like it's not fixed. Therefore, you know, fixed versus growth. And and so those two things, um, I think I heard examining that because I I really resonated um, with that because in the book even like she warns like educators and parents about telling your kids that that they're smart. It's like oh you're really smart. Because then it's just this fixed thing, you know, someone has early success in life with school, with, you know, pursuits like sports or whatever, hobbies, and you tell them that they're smart or that they're talented. And the lesson that can be learned there, what they, what a kid can insinuate, is that, like, it's, it's just an attribute. It's kind of like, oh, like, oh, you're tall, right? Like, there's not a whole lot, you know, you're going to, like, like me, like, I'm 6'4". Like, there's, there wasn't a whole lot that someone was going to do to make me taller or shorter. Like, this is just kind of the hand that I was dealt. Um, and and so, yeah, I know for me, in self-reflection, that that's really what I took from it. You know, like, I liked being talented and smart and whatever, you know, things that I mentioned before. And um, and I perceive that as just a fixed thing. And, and then for someone who approaches it that way, 
then if you fail, it feels like it's starting to show evidence that your that your talents and your smarts actually aren't as high as you thought. And mm-hmm. and in that fixed mindset, then there's nothing you can do about it. You know, so it just means that you are less than what you thought, and there's and there's nowhere to go from there. Um, whereas the growth mindset is like, no, like I, like I yeah, like I, I failed, you know, but I, but it's it's a process, it's work that goes into it. And so she advises, uh, Carol Dweck advises that parents and teachers and people who are responsible for someone who's who's working, you know, who's, who's trying to accomplish something, um, that you tell them like good work. You know, like you worked really hard on that, like you earned it and, and really trying to emphasize that work element because that's what gets people to come back. You know, like you need that grit yeah. and that work ethic and, and, and believing in the possibility for future success, um, not just like, well, you either you know, succeed now or it's over. Yeah, I definitely feel that. I think like it's super interesting because I remember looking at a study, um, I forget what book it was, I honestly forget, but of where they took kids and you know who were all quote-unquote smart right and they told you know there were certain kids who were primed and and told that they were smart and they can solve these problems and stuff like that and then other kids who were told that like these questions would be hard but like they're able to like work through it and as the problems got harder and harder progressively you know the kids who were told that they were smart eventually like sort of like gave up at trying to solve the harder problems yeah while you know the kids who told were told more so or primed to you know let them know that like it can be figured out it can be worked out but it's going to be difficult and that they'll have a hard time like actually like perform better once the questions got harder because they were like sort of primed to show that like additional work is like worth it and not reflective of like their self-worth or anything yeah no i i've i've seen like that study referenced in a handful of like the sort of like personal growth like books that I've read, um, and I and I yeah. think the that mindset book in particular like yeah references that. Yeah, it's also so interesting though because you bring that up, but then when I look at uh, my personal stuff, and I'm sure you'll find this really, you know, interesting is I was more of the second type where my parents told me you know like you're not necessarily going to be like the smartest person, but you're you know hard work is sort of like what pulls you through like you know that's sort of like the difference maker and things and I remember my dad telling me that especially and I was like a solid student like maybe like b plus like a minus you know like it wasn't like I was like really struggling but like you know they wanted a's and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and so it was really interesting because I I noticed this in like my early melee career and also it's like I you know I feel like it was sort of intensified by the sports I did in in high school and stuff where you know it was almost like yeah like you can work as hard as you can and that's like all that matters but then there was like this this lack of self-belief to do it and it which is like really interesting where you know i knew that i needed to work hard because i didn't think i had talent in it Mm. yeah 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 that makes sense and 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 my melee journey was like super interesting because eventually there was a, a switch where like yeah, like having time and like being able to practice and like being diligent and disciplined is really good. And that's like a talent in itself. But there's like a lot. I mean, it's not that one dimensional. That sort of like self narrative that, you know, like I personally created of like, well, I have to work hard because there is no talent. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And because and, I think that that can. Um... And, and, and correct me if, I, if I'm wrong, but I could definitely see that posing an issue where 
like you put in all this work it's like but at the end of the day like you know you, you can put in like you know way more work than somebody but then when it comes to like a tournament set like you may not actually like believe in the work you put in right like is that is that fair yeah. to say oh 100 percent. that like that it took me like pretty much like what like four five years down the line being like like to actually like have start believing that you know yeah and that's after like multiple people like telling me that you know which is really interesting and i think it's also like as i said like intensified by like sort of like my history with like extracurricular sports and stuff like that back in high school and and college where i rode in high school and and i played rugby in college where i was sort of like the next best person outside of like the first team Mm. so like the fifth best rower in a four for a four person boat or like you know rugby teams like 15 and i was like 16 so it was always just like sort of like missed out and what's interesting is that when i saw melee part of the appeal of it was this sort of chance of like an even playing field without you know being tall or or bigger or whatever you know like being five nine you know like i'm average you know like average height and stuff like that right but like yeah but it's really interesting because like you know it didn't stop me from putting in the work but it almost like validated the idea of like just kind of missing out on on the line you know because like i would do like extra practices for crew especially because you know everyone in high school was an absolute monster in terms of like the amount of stuff that they did (laughs) in 24 hours and and uh and and putting in a lot of that work but still like sort of missing out but like still finding like some peace in trying your best at it but it was it was such a weird disconnect because like later down the line as i said like i i realized that like oh i like am i only working hard because there's no confidence in what i already got yeah yeah because that's yeah because that's huge you know it's like being open to like that possibility you know of like doing doing well you know it's kind of like uh what like scars kind of meme thing i love how like scar like memes the truth <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah uh yeah, but, like, yeah. I, I definitely know what you mean because his um his point at one of the summits over the last like year or two but the the whole like believing in like like you have the right to win you know and like mm-hmm. and not um not believing that you're sort of outside of it you know it's like and i think there's yeah there's a lot that goes into it you know there's a certain amount of self-confidence um there's uh yeah believing in your preparation um and like knowing that like hey like i can beat so and so you know it's like you know and not assigning like odds to go well the odds are like you know i got like a 20 percent odds of like beating you know a ranked player in my region like today it's like no it's like just just like pop in like do your thing you know it's like don't think about the results and i i think that's one of the big things that with the mindfulness stuff you know that like the the, mm-hmm. the dude in the zen master that that kicked off was like not worrying about the results you know it's like and just being in the moment like you don't need to get to like the next place just like be where you are right now with a level of acceptance um because like you can only be in the present like as as silly and simple as that sounds like well yeah duh you're gonna be in the present like you know the future and the past are kind of like constructs or whatever 
but I think that uh, one of the one of the books that I read afterwards um, called "You Are Here" by Tick mm-hmm. Tick Not Han, who's a I, t- to some some people uh, have written that he is the uh, second uh, sort of second only to the Dalai Lama as far as you know, sort of his like I don't know mastery or or whatnot or you know sort of his expertise and sort of like zen buddhism and mindfulness and everything and um i gotta cop that book oh yeah that, the the book is like if i were to recommend like any one book to people like just out the gate like that's it like i'd, I'd probably recommend that book like straight up like not not overhyping it or anything like i mean i'm not super well read you know like i didn't particularly like academics and school and stuff but out of all mm-hmm. of the personal growth and like mindfulness books that i have read like i feel like that's that runs through most of it, or at least how I think about things like that. It, it's pretty foundational for me kind of at the core of things, but he, uh, yeah, he, he kind of lays out mindfulness and why there's the emphasis on meditation and the breath. Um, and he says that it helps to anchor both your mind and your body in the present, right? Cause if you are bringing your mind and you're doing that gentle focus with no judgment, just like on your breath and you're, you're following the inhale and the out and the exhale, and you're not changing your breath. You're just observing, and you're just being present. Um, then, yeah. So, so now, I mean, your body can't be anywhere but the present. You know, it's like so you're just syncing your mind up with the, with your body, and now you're just chilling in the moment. And and it's uh, when you start getting into it and like into meditation, mindfulness, like those things, you realize like how much sort of hyperactivity our brains have. Um, uh, when it comes to just where our minds go, you know, and how quickly we'll go to worrying about something that happened in the past, um, you know, maybe like some level of regret or like, oh, I wish I had done that or what if this had played out differently or the future where you're worried about, a, you know, something that's going to happen that hasn't happened yet. And um, yeah, and so his whole thing is like, you can't, you can't live in those moments. You can't change things in the past and you can't act in the future yet. It's like, so just be here because literally the present is the only moment that you can have impact on um so mm-hmm. that yeah that's kind of the whole thing and and i know that that really helped me a lot when it came to just time to perform you know like time to play in a in a tournament set um like i think it's, i think my my biggest tournament win like my best melee results um was i was able to get a 2-0 um in like a best of three on Nintendo's Marth. Um, oh, that's so. I mean, his Marth's really solid. Yeah, his Marth, his Marth is sick, and I he may have been on like an off day, but like I also like you know don't really want to be in the business of like selling myself shorter than I need to. You know, I want to just be realistic yeah, and yeah. So like you know, I had like a two zero, and and I think that the thing that helped me there um, was just sort of gently, you know, sort of banishing and removing thoughts of past or present um and thinking about like oh man like i'm, I'm up a game on nintendo or whatever because i had done that in the past like i had uh did like a classic just throw of a set against ralph because that was almost my first like ranked player win was mm-hmm. uh, was against ralph and like I, I beat him game one he took me to yoshi's he beat me game two game three i think i was up like two or three stocks like on pokemon stadium and then he just like better playered me, you know, like I was so yeah, like, that's uh. yeah, I was so freaked out about the fact that I was, you know, 
am I going to get a, a PR win? Um, yeah. Yeah. And so that's I kinda, the bane of so many players. I know. Right. Cause like you just have that moment and, um, and you're no longer locked in. Like you're not performing. You're just like thinking about the result. You're thinking about what's going to happen, you know, um, or, or what mm-hmm. it means or whatever. And like, and if you're taking your valuable mental bandwidth to think about that stuff, like you're not, you're not, you're not paying attention to, you know, laser spacings or, you know, out of shield habits or like, or adaptations and things, you know? So it's, um, yeah. So when I played against, against Mike, against Nintendo and, and beat him, like, I remember the game two, I, I had to like tell myself like, okay, like just chill. Like, don't, don't think about like the results. Like this is, this is another Marth. This is just another player. It's like, you have done the practice. Like just, just go, just do your thing. And you know, we'll think about it later. And, mm-hmm. and so I just remember being like very, calm um and my thoughts being pretty minimal you know just like these quick little like fleeting thoughts of like oh you know like i've been getting on a shield a lot like he's probably gonna try and you know fare me out of shield and so then i just did you know like th- then i just looked for that and you know narrowed him out of shield and it's like okay now like you know i've been hitting him in the corner a bunch he's probably gonna you know pop up to the to the side platform and then i punish that and so just these little moments of awareness but just kind of being in like a flow state um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and that was because I I wasn't worried about the result, um, and I yeah yeah so that was that was really pretty important to that that process. No, that's so important that like, you know, it's so what I find so interesting is like what clicks for people and like how people find their own answers in sort of competitive play, right? In in any sort of competitive, you know, comp you know play, as I said. Yeah. Like I remember having that moment recently at uh like a recent hacks nightclub where you know i was like faced with some of like like my big demons within like the tri-state community and you know i was listening to like you know and, re- and rest in peace like some some kobe like motivational stuff earlier that day um and you know there's this one part that stood out to me where i think he was like it was an interview where he was like up two games during like the world series and they asked him how he felt, and he was like, well, you know, it's not done yet, you know? Yeah. And I remember that whole night, um, that one phrase that, like, it's not done yet, like, being repeated in my head over and over during these tense situations. And that was, like, sort of the way that grounded me. And it, it was, like, one of those, like, weird, crazy, out-of-body experience nights where, like, I beat, you know, my co-host JD, Vortex, you know, Layton, and, like... I went game five like with Smuckers you know and it was like one of those like super weird moments and all I remember about it really is like those words not done yet yeah coming coming up in my head that's so dope yeah because that is like that's I think what helps people like push through because I think there's something about you know human psychology where like if we know that like the end is coming up it's like we can kind of ease off a little bit you know like Mm -hmm. I think like I don't know, like if you go like running at all, um, but I, I know for me, like if if and when I get my my runs in, um, you know, whatever I define as like the finish line, which is usually like a telephone pole like near our apartment, like for when I get back, like I like I make myself like run like same pace if not faster like through that. So like even though it's the finish line, like I still want to finish like strong. You know, people talk about like finish strong or you know some high school high school college coach whatever. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, because yeah, I think it's 
it's like oh like oh yeah i'm almost done it's like but yeah if you have like that sort of like that mantra you know or almost like this uh this self-talk you know for yourself where it's it's you know it's like it's not done yet you know like like that's that thing it gives you that energy um and it makes you sort of like push for it you know um yeah that's that's super cool yeah because i think everybody's got different uh sort of like positive frameworks you know for their for their performance um so that's pretty cool that uh that was one of those for you yeah the thing about running is so interesting too because i remember Toussaint tweeting that a way that he trains uh his mind is when he's like trying to finish reading a chapter for like class or you know reading just casually uh when he knows the chapter's coming to an end he like will try his hardest not to like speed up his reading Mm, yeah to to still remain at that sort of same pace as he was you know for you know the last 30 minutes or so uh and not try to rush the ending which i found was like a really crazy interesting way to train your mind for you know a melee purpose but like in a completely different context yeah it's it's the it's like the mental discipline you know and like the fact that like like our brains and like the the way that we process stuff like mentally and like what we bring to the tasks at hand like that carries over you know like it's one of those where it's like shared like energy sources like i I don't know like if you've seen any of the books that you've read um but there have been like some studies where they would have people go and do like a physical task like maybe like some push-ups or run or whatever the case may be and then they would go and need to do some sort of mental task like maybe like a brain teaser you know or solve some Mm -hmm. sort of problem and the people who had done like some physical work actually had like less mental energy um to go and like do the task and like so like what we're able to bring into the different areas of our life like it's all pulling from the same place like we are ultimately like the resource and the tool that's accomplishing these things is like, and so yeah, like investing in, you know, so like for like two saint, you know, it's like having that mental discipline of like, I know it's, you know, getting close to the end. It's like, but I'm going to make sure that I still read at the same pace with the same level of comprehension um, and not get antsy. Like I want to, you know, like finish strong uh, mentally. And that's why, like for me, like I really see a lot of overlap, like so much overlap between, um, like mindfulness, like meditation, um, and really trying to invest in um, sort of some inner peace and some inner calm, um, not to get like too like hippy dippy or whatever, but really like, I mean, like how many of us, you know, would love for our days to be more peaceful, you know, and not have quite so much like banging around like in our heads. Um, yeah. And then like the sports psychology stuff, you know, it, it's like, yeah. like having like having that self-reflection on like like how am i thinking about myself you know like like what are the things that what are the stories that i'm telling myself about my abilities or who i am you know it's like an actually kind of like going to bat for yourself against yourself you know because like for me like i i have a lot a lot of just like negative like stories um like internal stories you know that that i sort of you know tell myself Mm -hmm. um that I am like lazy and that I like don't finish things and that, um, yeah, I don't know that, that I like, you know, maybe not as reliable, whatever. And so like, there are a lot of like negative things there. Um, and so some of the, 
some of the books that I've read have kind of encouraged me to to actually come up with some different things, you know, to um, just to, just just to challenge that, you know, um, yeah, yeah. And I think like it's so interesting, you know, and I love how you phrase that as like, you know, self-told stories, right? Because we all have these stories from our from our past, right? Like, you know, what you know, we both have like you know, 20, 30 plus, like, experience in the world, and, and that is a reflection, like, all those, like, experiences and observations is a reflection of how we act sort of in the moment, and so to, like, there are always going to be these, like, quiet moments where you end up talking to yourself, right, both for good and, and for worse, which I find, you know, so interesting, right, and I think there are so many, it's, it's really interesting because I feel like people try to rush through that, mm-hmm. and, like, you know, at least in, in my journey, and and this is, I'm really curious to hear your side of it, but, you know, when you first started going into, you know, sports psychology, mindfulness, and all of that, like, did you struggle with almost the reverse, where it was, you had these thoughts and ideas of positivity, but the the understanding of it, that the, that sort of inherent understanding of it, or comprehension of, of, of what it meant, wasn't there yet? Because I, I remember being really positive as a smash player like and and i'm you know when even like when we played at the foundry and everything back in 2015 you know like i think i was like wide-eyed like big-eyed like you know like yeah let's do this you know like let's put in the work and grind and whatever and but you know i didn't fully comprehend it until like until maybe like a year and a half of my you know the last year and a half of like my melee career where it's sort of like there was time to sort of be able to like digest things and have quiet moments where you realize like what you value the most personally you know and like I guess one example sort of yeah like one example for it would be like you know remember doing well at a tournament and then like writing back at you know like at 1am from a like New Jersey tournament and then trying to write a tweet about it you know getting second losing to like hacks and beating like all the NJ players and then realizing that like there was I, there was no one specifically in the tweet that I wanted to tell about this moment, mm-hmm. except for my girlfriend and like two friends, and then like kind of just like closing Twitter and not, not tweeting about like the run that I made. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah. It, it's an interesting moment of like self realization, you know. Um. But uh. No, I think, yeah, so for me, I mean, as far as, like, things, like, sinking in, you know, um, I think it's, it's, I think it took a little while for me to realize that, like, um, I don't know, that it takes a little while. Yeah, of course, You know, Uh, because I, I was, you know, digging into this mindfulness stuff and, some of the sports psychology and looking into like learning and how do you improve quickly and how do you engage with learning in the most efficient way you know so read like the art of learning by josh waitskin and you know i love that book such a good book. i, I hate their group oh i no. everyone's like everyone's on their like inner game of tennis shit and i'm <laughs> like dude just read art of learning it's it's <laughs> it's i am a big art of learning fan oh no it's it's a really really good book um and the thing that i always remember in particular is his idea about like investing in loss you know um Mm. just like that you need to just like show up get beat and just keep taking the beatings and eventually 
if you stay cognizant, you stay aware, it's like the beatings will start to make sense and you'll start to understand why it's happening and then you can make it make them stop. You know, you'll start to learn. Like that's how you're going to learn and then that's how you're going to progress as a competitor. You know, and like in his particular case, he's talking about like push hands. Um, you know, mm-hmm. for us, you know, it's Melee or it's Rocket League or something. And yeah, um, yeah. I mean, and I, I did my inner game of tennis reading too, you know, because I think that that's one of those ones that like PPMD pushed, right? I think he, he oh, yeah, talks of course. about that. Yeah, so mm-hmm. like digging into that and, and I think... Um, one of the things, I don't know. Yeah, it, it there was there must have been some sort of piece missing for me, um, at least with melee, because I started having some success. You know, like I beat Nintendo, and you know, people were like, "Oh, damn!" Like Drew's getting, you know, at least better. You know, and yeah. I don't know if anyone's gonna go straight out say that I was like good. You know, because the bar is pretty high there, but they're at least like mm-hmm. seeing the improvement and giving me some props for it. And so I was trying to ramp up to make some, you know, crazy run and. You know, win the Arcadian like like all of us tell ourselves that we are going to or want to do and I was doing all this preparation and work for it and all this stuff and uh and I I, I did not I oh man I just crapped out I, I might have beaten one person I think I might have gone like one and two at this like tournament that I had been you know, mm. talking about how I wanted to make a run at and like that feels bad and yeah it really um I mean I think for all, you know, all of us who play melee like we can probably all relate to moments um at least one moment if not multiple moments of just hating the game and like hating the way that it makes us feel like hating the process and just grinding and just kind of being over it you know maybe not for forever because i think a lot of us end up coming back um but for me like it really like broke down a lot of my motivation and um i was just super disappointed in myself in in a I think in a way that I hadn't been in the past because in the past I hadn't owned the fact that I wanted to do something. I hadn't given it my all because I was kind of in living in fear of this moment, you know, like this moment of like, I put a lot of work into preparing and trying to get ready for this thing. And then I just fell completely flat. Um, yeah. And so like, I wasn't ready for that, but like psychologically, like I, I was not ready to deal with the, with the fallout like emotionally and you know mentally and whatever and um yeah and and so that that kind of started the journey of me like kind of like putting melee aside really because like at this point like today i don't play very much like i saw you you know at genesis like i definitely make sure to get out because that's the local the local major right (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah of course and um yeah but but in the background um all while all this was going on um, I was at the job that I'm at now, and um, I'd been playing. I was just playing Rocket League more. That, that that game had been kind of in the background for me, um, just like for fun, since like 2016. So I'd been playing that for a little while, and you know, I'd get, whenever I would play, I would try and like, do new things or like push, you know, stretch myself because like my ego wasn't tied up into it yet. So I was, I had a little more flexibility there, um, as far as like being able to fail and be okay with it. And it was I was probably doing some soft applications of like the lessons I'd been learning from from melee, and um, yeah. But then once I really kind of started stepping away from melee, I still found that like I I still wanted to get really good at a game. Like I I think that is like the uh, like the core goal, you know, whether it be melee mm-hmm. or whatever. 
was like I, like, I just want to get to an elite level with a competitive video game because I love video games. I love competing. I love practicing and the process of improvement and digging into that and reading your arts of learning and your, you know, different sports psychology books. And um, yeah, so, so then, so Rocket League kind of became my, my main thing. I, I just, I took all, all the stuff that I, you know, had bet on black. If black is melee, I just moved all those chips over to, to red. Yeah, over to red. So I moved over to, to Rocket League and um, yeah, and, and I feel like I've been able to just take a lot of the lessons that I've learned from like from music, you know. So like with music, what are, like I learned that I needed to have my actions follow my intentions. Um, so like, hey, like if I want to get good at this thing, like I can't just play the game, you know. Like like with music, I would just sit around my room and I just kind of play the stuff I already knew, and I wasn't pushing myself to grow or writing. So with Rocket League, it's like, all right, like I can't just play like ranked all the time. Like I need to actually like find the most effective ways to learn and get better um, from, um, yeah, just like some of like the, my losses with like Melee, you know, like getting like that that gut punch of doing a lot of hard work um, and just, and falling short and needing to deal with it. um, That kind of prompted some more reading on my part. And so I, I think, two books that I've read recently that I think are just great books um, is Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. Mm. And, Love that book, um, yeah. Yeah, that book's, it's crazy good. I mean, just across the board for anything, um, but especially like in a competitive field. Because um, I, I think that that was my biggest thing with, you know, feeling like really disappointed myself with Melee was like I wasn't ready to, to deal with the different ego responses to like preparing for success or striving for success, succeeding, um, and then like failing, right? Because like I think that tail end of like my serious melee journey had all three of those things in it. Like I had some success. Like I beat Nintendo. I was starting to get you know some some props for improving. So my ego's like hell yeah. And then I was anticipating some future success with the Arcadian. You know I, I was doing the work to try and earn it, but I was you know I was anticipating it and just like thought that it was you know almost a sure thing that I was at least going to make a run because I was working so hard and all this improvement and stuff. And then I failed mm-hmm. and my ego wasn't ready for those three things. Right. Cause like if you succeed, your ego's like, hell yeah, I succeeded. I'm the man. And like you stop investing in the process. And then like when you're anticipating winning, like kind of like what I did, you know, in my anticipation of making a run at the, you know, our Arcadian, like I just assumed the result. Like it, ego makes a lot of assumptions, you know. Yeah, it, it sort of reminds me of um, this whole idea of like um, I don't know if you ever read Daigo's The Will to Keep on Winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great book. Um, great book as well. But you know, one thing that always stood out, you know, as is one of the more quotable things to come out of that is this idea of the spotlight. And and it's really interesting that you're bringing this up because I felt like this was sort of what what grounded me um maybe about like two years ago maybe two and a half years ago where and i'm sure you'll remember this quote where he talks about sometimes it's okay if you're not the one like ready for the spotlight yet Mm -hmm. you know yep right and and sort of this idea of that like light shining on you is is just as much as you know like that win to like put you under it can be sometimes just as damaging as a loss if you're not ready fully ready for it so not to be like impatient 
and like try to get into the spotlight too quickly yeah yeah it's kind of like that idea of like preparation meets opportunity and like so in like the way he's thinking about it like you don't want to meet opportunity if you're not prepared you know it's it's like stay stay in your preparation like stay in the process like i mean the whole you know it's a journey you know it's about the journey not the destination like whatever you want you know sort of quote you want to put on it but it really is yeah it's about that and and um really trying to be just holistically like ready to take on those big moments you know it's like because lots of people you know want those big moments it's like but they're just you know a lot of us aren't ready for them yet not to say that we can't be you know and and i think that's a that's a big thing um i think he would agree and definitely you know carol Carol dweck with the whole mindset thing you know like and i for me like i personally believe like we can grow into those moments and we can grow into the skill that is required to take those big moments um Mm -hmm. but um yeah man no so like the ego thing is uh is really big and it's always cool to see how like all the, like the overlap you know like in all the different like the people yeah. that think about competing and performing and uh yeah and, and just like how their ideas really share a lot of like like connective tissue you know yeah i definitely i definitely agree with that and what i'm i'm so curious about right is is we just we sort of hit, just hit the t- iceberg of of your start with Rocket League, right? Mm-hmm. Like that—that's where this whole you know episode is coming from, right? Is—is is that clip that Ginger retweeted that that I stumbled on that one morning, and and I immediately had to hit you up for it because I loved what you were talking about in that clip and uh, agreed with it a hundred percent. But, um, yeah, like you're you know, the the game switch right from from melee to Rocket League. I mean, there's still like, it wasn't like I feel like when people like move on to stuff like, and this was like my big fear also like with with melee and not wanting to drop it is and and you know for me i i've sort of come to the conclusion melee is just like the game for me mm-hmm. like i love all, all other fighting games i love watching like a bunch of other fighting games with melee is like the one that i'll go back to uh but you know you never kind of lose it right you you it, it it compounds and those experiences are applicable even like in the real world like sometimes i just like apply melee philosophy to to my work and it ends up working out way better than I thought it would be, you know? And, you know, for you on, on top of like the professional, you know, like level in terms of like, you know, personal, like professional, like career and stuff like that, which I'd love, I also want to get into, but also with your experience with Rocket League, how your early melee experience has sort of like guided you. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that like, so like, yeah, melee, like just the pursuit of like melee really, taught me um through you know some some hard ways and and you know some were a little bit softer but through the whole combination um you know really yeah just really taught me a lot about sort of honest self-assessment um and like not sugarcoating stuff you know like not not claiming that you're better than you are you know, because again, like, I mean, this is all, it's all ego stuff. It's all like, what's your psychology? What's your, what's your mental state and how you're approaching these things? And, and like, what do you, what do you want? It's like, do you want to, to think of yourself as good? You want people to call you good? It's like, or do you want to be good? You know? I love how you phrase that. Cause absolutely. Love that. Yeah. And like, that's, that's the big, that's the big thing. You know, it's like, because if you're if you actually dive into the hard work of trying to be good like it's a lot of work it's intimidating it's like but 
but once you start you know attacking it it's like then you make progress um so that's the yeah so you know just looking back you know kind of earlier in our conversation kind of at the beginning when we were talking about like when i started with melee i think just where i was as a person um both with melee and with music since both those were kind of going at the same time um i wanted people to to tell me i was good i wanted to feel like i was good i wanted to you know think of myself that way um and so like in melee you know early on like that became kind of those those questions you get from people who are new where it's like oh like am i good like not like you know objectively but just like am i pretty good for like where i am it's like what are you it's like what are you asking like do you 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 just want like yeah like you should feel good about yourself you know like you, you just want like validation for i don't know some like relative you know state of like judgment you know or some like relative criteria um, and then, like with music, you know, like I wasn't necessarily pushing myself or you know put it, you know, creating and writing the songs I said I wanted to write. I was just kind of leaning on like some old songs I'd written and then like playing for people. Um, and people was like, "Oh, you're really good. Like you should, you know, perform more." And like, "Oh, when you're famous." And it's like all these things that just made me feel good about myself. And I wasn't really pursuing the true ultimate goal of being good at a thing. So that was the; those are the big lessons I think. Um, the, that's the, like the biggest lesson that I brought from just like from melee and music and just previous pursuits now into Rocket League, um, and uh, and then I think like the mindfulness stuff really helps out a lot. Um, and I kind of go up and down with it. I think you know, like with anything, it's a little bit of a journey um, and it's a little bit of a process. And it goes up, you know, up and down. There are times where I'm meditating a little bit more regularly. And there are times where I'm not. It's like it's like going for like morning runs or something. Um, mm. And and that helps me to stay kind of grounded and be able to engage in the practice, right? Because the first thing is just to know that I need to practice. And having some skill at identifying like the next best steps. Because like you start to understand um, uh, or start to get better at like comparing where you are. Um, and comparing that to, um, like the pros, for example, you know, like if you, if I, if yeah. we were to compare like my rocket league gameplay versus like a pros gameplay, um, which I wouldn't want to do too much in front of other people. Cause then it just like, Oh man, it's a huge gap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. So it's on a self-assessment. You start to understand how to attack those improvements. Um, you know, and you like just establish like what is like the next like bite sized chunk that I need to work on. And I think that was, you know, having, like again, like having Chris Best as, as my as my buddy and my sort of you know, you know friendly rival and and watching his sort of model of improvement where he, that's what he was doing you know he's like does he need to work on, um, you know like doing like nares out of shield as Marth, you know it's like then that's what he's gonna work on he's gonna grind that out until that you know feels good and you would usually have, um, there's this progression where it's what is it? it's like unconscious unconscious uh, incompetence conscious incompetence um conscience competent uh, what is it yeah it's just like the cycle of basically like like the things you don't know you don't know the things you know that you're not good at now like you practice a little bit and you can do those things um like if you like try to do them. right and then there's like the like the unconscious like competence where like that's the ultimate goal where like you no longer have to think about doing the nair out of shield with marth you just do it um and and the more specific you can make those goals and you want to make them measurable and you want to make them achievable and you know set aside time and like and dedicate to that thing you know it's like then the faster you will improve because 
that that's just efficiency you know um opposed to just kind of you know it's like oh like you know just take like a level one fox into you know on the battlefield and just combo the mess out of him it's like okay well like what are you practicing um and it's good to like to stay loose and you can and that, that serves its own purpose but you just have to know what that specific purpose is and know how much you need to do it um so anyway so i, I brought that level of clarity and focus to my practice with rocket league um and then uh rocket league is sort of a little different from melee because most of the game modes in there um are played with teammates yeah um, that is true and that is the thing that i have trouble understanding with competitive team games in esports yeah yeah so there's there's this whole other element of psychology of like how do you deal with you know, it's like opponents who are being toxic that's one thing right it's like but like teammates who are gonna like flame you for like messing up or whatever like how do you like brush that off you know and i i think that that was that was one of the things that I was trying to sort of hint at a little bit in that clip that, that you saw on Twitter and just, you know, talking about, you know, like when people flame you or get all mad or whatever, like they're getting mad because like if you're their teammate and you made a mistake and that, you know, cost you guys a, you know, a goal, like the other team now, you know, scored a goal. It's like, then that means the other team is one step closer to beating you and beating your team. And then that just becomes the whole ego thing for your teammate. You know, your teammate like, oh, I gotta, you know, gotta win. Like, I wanna, you know, I wanna be grand champ. And my stupid teammate, you know, it's like if only I had better teammates, then I'd, you know, I'd be better. And like again, like that's kind of leaning back into at least like for me, like my old way of thinking about things and uh, my need to feel good, not be good. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, and, and dealing with that um is tough because uh, I definitely have just some baggage for me like competitively like my competitive psychology from like high school basketball where mm-hmm. um you know like i i'm coming in with my perfectionism and you know so i i don't want to make mistakes uh and then you know i like our, our high school basketball coach was sort of like that old school like military like just like yell at you sort of thing yeah. and and you're also a big guy also yeah 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 and and so like i i just didn't like that wasn't what i responded to like that was that that was not what i needed to to succeed and to play well um really all it did was condition me to kind of play with fear and to play to not make mistakes opposed to playing to win you know Hmm. like you like you're playing from this yeah like this caution because like you don't want to take risks and you don't want to you know, like mess up and lose. It's like, yeah, it's like, but if you don't take risks, like in melee, right? Like if, if the Marth is just chilling in shields in the corner um, and you don't go and like grab the Marth or just like, just get on the shield, you know, it's like, oh, well, like I just want to bait out the roll, you know, like I, I and stay safe and stay outside of, you know, the Marth's like, you know, sword range uh, outside their threat range. Like, and I just want to like bait the, bait the roll. Cause like, that's safer for me. Like, but if they're not giving you that, like you got to take that risk. Like you, you have to assume that risk and you have to play to win. It's like, you know what? That Marth is over there in the corner. They're just chilling in shield and I want to win. <laughs> so I want to go grab them. I'm going to get on their shield. I'm going to just do something to make this happen and, and like dominate the game. You know, it's like, I, I am going to dictate what's going to happen. I'm going to assume this risk, but I know that I'm going to you know come out on the other end. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 Oh, sorry. What were you gonna say? I, d- oh, I didn't want to cut oh, you no, off. Oh, that's fine. Um, yeah. So, so that's been, I think, for me, the the biggest area that I've been investing in recently, 
um, is has been in that area because uh, I think for me as a person, as I you know continue to learn more about who I am and the way that I process things, I'm definitely very risk averse. Um, I mean, like I'm a creature of habit. Like I like knowing how things are going to play out. Um, I like no knowing I that it's completely understand that. right. You know, it's like knowing that something yeah. is going like, to be safe and and being the perfectionist. Like if I'm trying something new, like I want to know that every like how everything is going to play out and it's going to go 100% right the first time which is unreasonable um but that's what I want and so I have to yeah and, and I'm learning to kind of shed that a little bit and just kind of you know give that way of thinking just the bird and just you know go like carry on like I, I want to live I want to compete I want to do my stuff and if I'm just constantly you know like waiting and, and just observing and like, oh, well, I'll, I'm just going to wait until I know that I'm going to get this right. It's like, then I'm not actually going to do anything. You know, like if I'm practicing, and I'll, again, like bring it back to melee. Like if I'm practicing like double shines, like grounded double shine grab maybe, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, just something that's a little bit more complicated as far as tech. It's new. Like, you know, I don't do it in like matches yet. You know, it's like maybe you do it, you know, in your bedroom for practice or your office or wherever you're practicing. It's like, but at some point, like if you actually are practicing this to use it in a game and in like a tournament set, like you just got to do it, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, but like, but I could lose this tournament set because if I mess this up, then the Sheik's going to nair me out of shield and like it's last stock, last stock. And like, I don't want to do it. It's like, you know, it's like, like risk the momentary failure. It's like, so that way you can actually grow. Yeah. And I feel like I love everything that you said, like. And, and you know, it's so interesting because there's this one word that, that keeps on kind of coming up as you're, as you're talking the, in, in my head about it. And it's about this idea of ownership, you mm-hmm. know, like being owning up to one, your choices like in the game and stuff like that. And like whatever you choose to do and then like owning up to the result of it, right, yeah. regardless of the result. Like and that's the crazy thing is we've all had moments from, you know, like, you know, from, you know, level zero to level 100 right like even like the the gods of melee you know like they kind of go for the wrong call sometimes but they still stand by the calls and even if they're dumb like they can be like oh that was dumb but like the idea was there right Right. and and i think that's sort of like so important in in all of this right is that like you can you can have these moments right where you go for something and and win or lose like you own up to it in a way that it's like well how is this how why didn't it kind of go well you know because mm-hmm. it because it, it wasn't bad luck right like was it a timing difference like did it look like it was the right time and you kind of got mixed up for it or did you mess up the timing by a you know by a frame or two and like even like those minute things it's about like in my head like what you were talking about was like it's kind of like owning up to that and taking responsibility for it you know like i've definitely lost matches going for armada shines to close out the game and like in my head like you know recently it's not like oh man like that was a bad decision it was like well the idea is there like that was a good idea but like what didn't go well about it you know like how did i mess up that idea yeah you know 100 percent. and because like how many people do you hear just say like oh like i should have won you know it's like oh i should have beat i should have beat that guy oh i should have whatever but they don't define they don't define the actual result or like the reality of the situation. And like, I think that's why, again, like going back to like the mindfulness stuff, like 
the the practice of living in the present um, and having some level of acceptance. Um, not, I, I wish I could talk at some point to someone who actually is more of like a Zen master, a Zen teacher, because I, I do wonder for them as they do seek to create peace and harmony with things and, and, and accept the state of like the world or like what's going on. Um, like where do they draw lines if they draw lines? And, and I think that there is some nuance there where it's not that they're accepting it and saying that everything is good because really for them, it's just that everything is, is my understanding is it's not that like by accepting it, you're saying that it's good or that it's bad. You're just saying that it is. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that that, that level of acceptance I know is really, really helpful for me, like with, with results. You know, it's like, oh, like I, I should have, I should have won that game or whatever. It's, it's like, no, no, like, like I'm kind of over that thought process. Um, and really, what I want to know is, okay, I didn't win that game, and now I want to know why. Like, I just want to understand the reality. I want to maintain some like curiosity. You know, like I, I think that that's one of the things that, um, that like Daigo talks about. You know, like in, in the book, like the, like you know, the will to keep winning. Uh, like because he he talks about you know, it's like, do you want to really establish a deep understanding of the game and how it works like almost like a Mewtwo King level like understanding of like all the little intricacies and what what's going on so that way you can really master the game and bring that mastery you know to those moments those spotlight moments he's like or do you just want to have like the easiest like cheapest overpowered like tactics and you're just going to like lean on that and then and you know, bank on that to like get you wins. It's like, like, which one do you want? And, and I think that having that acceptance of results really helps you to approach it, like with that curiosity and, and with that sort of like learner's mindset, um, where you can learn the lessons that are there, you know, it's like, cause like, so the example you gave, you know, it's like losing that set. Cause you went for the Armada shine. It was the right idea, but just mis executed like one, like you know that, right? Like, like you've taken a moment to like, you've at least drawn that difference, like between, you know, bad idea, good idea, you know, like, you know, execution versus not. And then you can, oh, then you can start to take it apart even, you know, a little bit more. Um, and I think this is where, you know, like reviewing like film of yourself doing anything, right? Like if you're trying to play, yeah. play music, it's like record yourself playing the music and listen back to it, you know, or if you're playing a competitive game, get as much film as you can so that way you can go back and really see the details because then it's oh, okay like with this i um you know i should have uh short hopped like a little bit later you know or, or some I, I however i timed my jump you know it's like i i needed to do it a little bit differently it's like and, and then you can go back and look at it whereas the person who says oh i should have won that they're probably not curious and they're just kind of defending their ego and then they're not really going to learn the lessons you know the lessons that are there and I think that that's why those folks don't really grow as much because it takes so much more sort of ego breaking, you know, um, like, like, like reality has to like bust down their door because, you know, their egos on the other side with like a bookcase and a chair and they're propped up against the door like, not nope, like I feel good and I tell myself that I'm good and I'm not interested in what reality has to say. Whereas, you know, the people who are curious, like, you know, they have a result reality knocks on the door you know hell the door's probably already open you know and then they've got tea ready and they're like all right reality let's go over this game film what do you have to tell me you know yeah and it's so interesting because like the one of the biggest like craziest things uh to me was this idea that anger and, and in game and and all of that stuff like 
you know, is still you, you still need a, eventually an outlet for that to go through because there's no way that this journey isn't frustrating at times. Mm-hmm. And like watching like a player like uh, IBDW, right? Who you know, I, I saw him like since day one, like from you know upstate New York, since we both came from there, and then eventually went into NYC. And like he would leave venues like super mad, super salty, but he'd come back like not making the mistakes at all. <laughs> You know, yeah. and and obviously now he's risen to, you know, top 10 and stuff like that. It's really interesting to see because I really thought that, you know, a big part of a good mentality was being positive. Right. And 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 not sort of like putting yourself down and stuff like that. But like I wasn't also I realized putting in the work that you need to not make the same mistakes mm-hmm. and and seeing him you know looking back and seeing where like wow he got really salty you know yeah you, you know about things but he went home and practiced them he went home and just like did the homework for it you know yeah and and th- i think that's so impressive because i think you know about you know going back to like what you said and 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 the idea of like ownership and and sort of taking responsibility like it's really interesting because sometimes you know the beautiful thing about these competitive games is that like they give you a binary answer even if it's like there's a lot of context within that right the binary answer is you win or you lose mm-hmm. and 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 sometimes there's this sort of ego thing and this was probably one of the biggest things that I came across where it was you know you think you're putting in a lot of work but the game's telling you it's not enough are you gonna put in more work than what you're doing yeah or do you think the amount of work you're putting in justifies the wins that you quote unquote should be having you know and i think that's so interesting because i think this was a a fallout that i or not a fallout but like a a a something that you know even ranged back to like me rowing and stuff like that where it was like well you know i could be putting in as much work as i could right but you know what if i just like put in like accepted that like the amount of work that i thought was enough wasn't actually enough Mm. yeah no it's yeah because it really is it's that honest self-assessment you know like it really kind of it's the chance to do that um it can be hard to do that and hard to accept it it's like but it's but it's there um and i think yeah so for like you know like ibdw right like it's like yeah it's like what i what i brought to the venue today it's like was not enough and i there are tons and tons of just like you know athletes and just like top level performers that we all praise it's like who are on record multiple times telling people how much they hate losing you know it's like but they use that as motivation and as the drive it's like to to improve and um yeah because i i think that's the biggest thing you know is is like you, you just don't want to um you just don't want to lose track of like the ultimate goal and actually how you're going to get there and like the emotional response is you know, it's going to be like different for different people. And, and I, you know, I don't really know if there is uh, an objective, like best way, you know, to handle a thing. Like I, I know that like PPMD, you know, used to get super pissed too. Like he was super salty, you know, he taunt after he won and like he was super, you know, emotional with his play. Um, and then as time went on, he did, you know, kind of, I don't know, kind of soften that like a lot. Like, you know, like if you see him in like, you know, sets that he's like winning or losing or whatever, you know, from, Oh yeah, even like like 2014, 2015 for sure. You know, like like his reaction is is much less severe. 
Um, and, and I don't really know, again, you know, if that's better or not, but it'd be interesting to see, you know, just as IBDW like, keeps going, you know, it's like, does he, does he kind of lean more into that? You know, is that really just a, like a huge strength for him to be an emotional player? Um, yeah. and, or is it going to be something where it's like, Hey, you know, it's like, I, I'm super angry. It's like, and I leave the venue angry. It's like, but I go home and I get the result and I do that work. Um, yeah, it's like, but but I, I could be more effective quicker. It's like, or hell, even just, just be happier as a person. Like if losing didn't make me quite so angry, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, of course. I mean, that's a, that's a whole separate debate. Oh, I, know, right? I know it's a whole, a whole thing. And, and I, and, and I've, I've met Cody, like I, I met him at, I think Genesis six. Um, super cool guy. Like I really like Cody a lot. Um, so like, you know, yeah, yeah. So Cody's super nice yeah, and everything. So, so yeah. definitely, definitely not trying to like, you know, tell him that what he's doing is wrong or anything. Um, because especially just one of the things that I have, um, I've been, I've had to do for myself in just looking at like emotional responses. Um, is mm-hmm. it because I know, you know, at the beginning I asked, you know, whether you were raised in like a sort of like a strict, like Christian household or anything, but, um, I was definitely raised in an environment where like being like angry, um, hell, even sometimes just being like sad, like there was a lot of judgment that went with emotional responses and wh- the way you were supposed oh. to feel. Dude, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. oh my god, keep yeah, going. So, yes. so there's, so, so there's a lot of that, you know, um, and so you end up spending a bunch of energy trying to squash the way you feel and trying to like squash like your personal reality and your your experience and, um. And that that's really stifling, and and it really just pressurizes you as a person, at least circumstantially. Maybe not all the time, but like certain things will come up, and then you get super angry, and then like you feel like you're not supposed to be angry, and oh, I don't want to be angry. Like I I know like I mean like my mom will you know will say that a lot of times where it's like oh like well, like like something is making her angry, and she's like oh like, I don't want to be angry, and it's like well like mom like I I know you don't want to be angry. It's like but you are angry. It's like and you know it doesn't mean you need to act you know, on it. it doesn't mean you need to like, you know, cuss somebody out or yell or anything. It's like, but you can at the very least just accept like the reality of that. And, and that's something that you know, I, I know I really need it, at least for me, um, to, from the mindfulness, like from like the Zen Buddhism and cause their idea of like non-duality, like everything's connected, you know? So like mm-hmm. if you are angry, it's like then, and you like squash that down, it's like, then you are, um, like you're doing like self-harm really as they would frame it um, and so like instead like you need to look at that emotional response and just see it as part of you you know maybe it's like another version of you and like so Thich Nhat Hanh in that book um, You Are Here he's like you know sort of like in your mind like embrace or like hug hug that uh that version of you you know like imagine like like it's just some homie you know it's like oh like this is like you know angry drew or like this is salty drew you know he just lost a match he was really invested in and and he's pissed and rather than thinking thinking like oh no but like i don't want to be pissed after matches because like you know that's not good it's like no man like you're angry like give that homie a hug and be like hey what's up like how are you like like what do you need like do you need something are you okay like what's going on and like checking in so that way because then you're actually using your energy to um, to work through those emotional responses. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, and then you can deal with the reality again, you know, we're, we're talking about like dealing with reality. It's just trying to deal with it. 
rather than just kind of yeah. deny it. And so I think, you know, like for Cody, you know, like he probably leaves, you know, super pissed and, but, um, but he's dealing with the reality, you know, of the situation that like, you know, what he brought to the tournament wasn't enough. And then he goes and works on it. So I think there's a lot, you know, that's that level of ownership again, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, it's so interesting because like he, you know, and, and he's improved a lot, you know, you know, mentally as well, like over, over the years, you know, like definitely this was like more towards Taylor to his like early days, but you know, this idea of not letting yourself feel feelings is so interesting because, you know, and, and man, like we could, we could talk about this forever. Oh, like, I know. Cause, right. Cause my family, I mean, we're, I mean, it's kind of already in my head. I hope you're, you're, you would want to come back on, onto the show for sure. Uh, but um my my mom was the same way like this idea of like well it's pointless being sad so like we'll stop being sad or like don't be angry you know and you're like well yeah like that's like the 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 end goal but you can't like just like skip all the steps in between for it you know right you can't like will yourself to not feel an emotion right and yeah because i i think even from like you know like the zen buddhist like perspective you know even though like they are pursuing like non-duality and trying to accept things you know and deal with things as they are like they still are trying to pursue some level of like that inner peace and that inner like you know tranquility um which i think at least outside perspective looking in again like i'm not like as you know some like zen buddhist master or anything i've just you know tried to learn a chunk about it um but i i feel like you know like being super angry or like emotionally volatile like it's not that's not really in line with like inner tranquility or or maybe it is, and it's just that you are at peace with the the emotional volatility. I'm not entirely sure, but still, like I, I think you know what I'm kind of getting at. Yeah, yeah, of course. Where it, it's sort of this idea, it, it's it's a this weird like it is what it is, yeah. but it's also like goes against being at peace. Yeah, usually. So it's like so interesting. Where again, as you said, it, it's sort of like this dual sort of like feeling where. You know, in the end, I think it's what's interesting is like this idea of like what is being at at peace is right, mm-hmm. like like how like and it, it's so personal for for everyone, right? Like you talk to players and like and and peace, right? Is is you know going back to like sort of like one of the first things he said is it you know is about being sort of in the moment and in in the present, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting to see how it's different for each person, where like some people need to be a little bit more like zen and just like noting things and like having things kind of be absorbed but not like sticking to anything you know like you're kind of just like noting things as it passes on while other people like to to kind of anchor them into the moment this like an emotion like anger like being a little bit angry when they play anchors them in being in the moment and and it's such a weird thing you know like you you see that sometimes with like like manga right like sometimes sometimes he kind of just like there's the when the fires lit up that's when he's like so present with everything in the game yeah because i think i think the competitive psychology is really it is very personal you know it's like what is it like that's gonna get you into that space you know like 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 for you you know like that sort of almost like a like a personal like mantra you know it's, it's like you know it's, it's not done yet you know um or yeah, for like Mango, like we you know when you know whether he's channeling sort of that like angry Mango like meme, or 
if he's um, thinking about like water, you know, I think in one of like the Scar and Tove shows, you know, like they kind of talk about. I totally like, forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. they kind of talk about that that image of water and like what is water and like what does that mean to him and so what is that, what state of mind does that bring him to and yeah, I think for everybody there's there are different levels of, um, kind of like like a physiological like arousal. You know, so so kind of like like how amped up are you? You know, like do you need to go and do like jumping jacks or like go run up and down the street outside the venue real quick before you're gonna play to get yourself into that spot, or do you kind of need to, you know, go sit in one of the corners of the venue and like put on some music and just sit down, like close your eyes and chill? Like like what do you need as a person? And I think that's one of the cool things about this whole process is that it's a like a series of personal experiments of like trying to get to know yourself and like, how do you work? Cause I think that we, we approach ourselves with a lot of, um, assumed knowledge, I guess it's like, but I feel like there are a lot of things, um, about us that maybe we don't know yet, you know, it's like, and so again, like having like that curiosity, like I, I feel like fostering and keeping like a spirit of curiosity is just so huge with all of this. You know, whether it be about, you know, you and where you're at and where you're trying to grow um, as a person, you know, like your competitive pursuits, your professional pursuits, like relationships, you know, like how many times can you point to like, like relationships kind of faltering a little bit? It's like because like you kind of lost like curiosity, like in your partner, you know, like you just kind of assumed that you knew everything about them. And like, it's like, oh, yeah, like they're just being this way. And like, you didn't realize that, oh, well, when they were growing up, like there was one time their aunt was babysitting them and like this thing happened. And so that's why they reacted this way. It's like, oh, shit, like I had no idea. It's like, and you weren't really curious about it either. So, yeah, I just feel like curiosity um, is so big just in life, um, but especially with all the stuff that we've been talking about. Yeah, I mean, that's. That's so true, especially with the relationship thing. I, I love that you brought that up at the end because it's so important to try to continue to understand someone else. And, you know, a big important person of that someone else is yourself in the process, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And and it's almost like, you know, it kind of feeds into each other, right? The more you're curious about other people, the more you kind of reflect and be curious about yourself, I find. Yeah. And so it's so important to keep that like you know curiosity kindling you know as a closing you know question before you know i ask you to you know for any shout outs and everything like sure. you know is you know you know we're still very much like on the journey of of discovering ourselves and and learning zen and being mindful and and you know performing at high levels mm-hmm. right but for someone who you know, isn't as familiar, right? We, you know, throughout this, you know, talk, like we've talked about like our, our stumbling blocks, right? Like if you had someone who like asked, like, you know, like where, where do you start out? How, how would you sort of like tailor them sort of in the right direction? And that's not to say that they'll flawlessly like go through it. They're still going to trip up yeah. a lot, but, but, but where, where would you start? You oh know? man. Yeah. And it's, and I think because it's so like personal, like we've talked about, it's kind of hard to give like general, like general advice that might apply to everybody. But I'll, I mean, I'll give it a shot. Um, I think yeah, more of a fun thought. Experiment. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and and are we thinking about this like from maybe like the standpoint of someone who's trying to get into like competitive gaming and they're new, or are we just talking about like a person in general, just like living life? 
Um, let's like let's put it in the context of wanting to. Yeah, I guess a little bit more tailored to video games, but sure. more so like I was thinking in a general like being able to like sort of like perform as like sort of your best self, you know, like sort of this idea of finding finding that piece that is applicable not just in like competitive video gaming, but like in in careers and and, and relationships and, and sort of that sort of stuff. Sure, sure. If that makes any no, sense. No, I, I think that makes sense, yeah. So I think, um, I guess I, w- I would start with, um, like being being yeah, be curious. You know, I mean that's kind of what we ended on there. But I, I would start with yeah, it's like just like try and foster some like curiosity about um, whatever it is that you're that's at hand. You know, like whatever it is that you're doing, um, and try and be uh, present and aware for those things. Um, especially now just I mean there's so many distractions um, and I mean we could go on on some almost like meme of a rant about social media and people's attention span or whatever <laughs> but but I mean all of that sort of immediate context aside like yeah just like being present um, and enjoying the moment because um, I think that the biggest thing in all of this is that I feel that people across the board, um, will enjoy their time more if you are able to just look around and be present and not worry about things that have happened in the past and things that are going to happen or could happen in the future. You know, like I'm sitting here, like, you know, we're chatting. Um, I'm sitting here in my apartment. Like, you know, we've got like the COVID stuff going on, but like my wife and I have this amazing apartment. It's a beautiful day outside. Like we're chatting, which is great. Like I'm loving, you know, absolutely loving this conversation um and like you know and yeah like i've got some stuff at the office it's kind of stressing me out right now it's like but if i just stop and just be present like it's so cool to just be alive you know um Mm -hmm. and obviously like i'm you know coming at this with from admittedly a much more privileged privileged situation and context than probably a lot of people um and so I, i do want to acknowledge that and not just sort of be like, yeah, guys, be like happy to be alive. Like life is hard. Like I'm not denying that either. Um, but I, yeah, yeah, I just and it's it's definitely harder for some. Yeah. So, but but I I just I do think that the more that we can just be present and enjoy these moments that we have like right now and feel like that we're in, um, then that just gives us more freedom um, to do to do things, you know, to enjoy time um, with partners, friends, family, to dig into the process of improving in a game um, and not need a future result um, in order to enjoy it, you know, because like if you're just enjoying the moment, like and, and if you enjoy the game that you play, like for me, like just booting up and like playing Rocket League just like by myself and practicing, like I really enjoy that. I think that's one of the things that made Rocket League kind of stick and replace Melee because like I really stopped enjoying practicing melee like it, it became kind of a, a chore and, and i wasn't enjoying it it's like but rocket league i can fire up and like i grew up you know playing basketball and so for me like i love those times when i could be in a gym by myself just me and a basketball shooting hoops running drills just moving around and like i get to do that in rocket league like, like that's one of the practice modes you just get to load up in into like an empty field with like your car and a ball and so it's kind of channels some of that for me and so i enjoy that um 
so that's i think that's the biggest thing is just like try and like be present and enjoy the process enjoy the moments um and then uh and then be intentional you know like when it comes to having goals you know because i think you know if you're only living in just the moment you know and, and you just have like amnesia and like you have no short-term memory or long-term memory your memory is just shots like yeah all you have is the present but we all have you know goals and memories and, and things we can strive towards and i think you know in trying to improve um i think be ready for frustration um and be patient with yourself um and really try and find uh some source of like self-compassion um and being able to on your bad days you know when you're angry like be okay with that and like take a break you know and just like be kind to yourself in your pursuit because it, it is frustrating to continuously be confronted with your limits because especially if you're doing this in competition like you are going to bump into people who are going to beat your ass all the time um like if you're playing music you're going to have a hard time learning like that next song or that next skill or writing your next piece or like whatever it is that you're working on, right? Like they were always bumping into limits. Um, and that is a frustrating thing to do continuously. And it's something you need to do to grow um, and, and achieve lofty goals. So I think, um, you know, be ready for that and be kind to yourself. Um, and I think the thing, the probably the last thing that I would leave off um, is be curious about your bad days. Um, be curious about what's going on inside of you emotionally and like mentally and like you're just like what you're thinking about on the days that are bad because I think those are the days that are, that are going to show you where you have the most room for personal growth like in the same way that I think you know if you take home that that set you lost in the tournament um, that's going to have a lot more to show you than maybe like a set where you won um, the days where you just can't bring it, like you're low on energy, like you're pissed off or you are, you know, struggling with just feeling really low emotionally or, um, or you're really distracted or like whatever it is that is causing a day to not go as well for you, that's going to point out um, maybe some baggage from childhood or uh, things that you need to process to kind of get to like that next level, if you will, you know, <laughs> Um <laughs> To, to kind of gamify it yeah. yeah damn that dude i'm speechless <laughs> i'm honestly i i loved everything you said i was grinning the whole time the only thing i can ask is you know like if people want to hear more of you uh where do they find you and do you have any you know special shout outs you know be before we we end the show um yeah, I mean, if people want to find me, um, right now I'm on I'm on Twitch, uh, so twitch.tv slash Dr. Jones, so it's D-R, and then J-W-N-S, so it's playing off of pones. <laughs> um, and then the, the same same thing, Dr. Jones, on Twitter, so twitter.com slash Dr. Jones, and, uh, you know, hoping to expand out on that, but that's my current presence right now, so that's where you'll find me. Um, and... Uh, yeah yeah and if people have like questions about this stuff or um just curious or if you're not or, or if you think that there's you know if i'm completely off on something um you know like i i i am trying to maintain some curiosity and like i'm on this journey just about as much as anybody else is and i you know can and will get things wrong so you know if i misrepresented some like zen buddhist values like 
totally like call me out. Um, please do it respectively and constructively um, as much as you can. Um, but I, 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 I want to learn and I don't want to be, you know, misrepresenting anybody or, or getting things wrong. Um, but I just want to share kind of what I've learned and what's helped me uh, this far. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on. I mean, like, we have to talk more. I feel like we only scratched the surface, <laughs> which is really funny. But, dude, I had so much fun. Thank, thank you, thank you so much oh, for coming on. Yeah, man. No, my my pleasure. Like, truly, like, I really enjoyed this. Like, yeah, I I wasn't sure if I was gonna blitz through all that I had to talk about, and I was like, oh man, an hour, and like here we are. Like, this is <laughs> a bit a bit more than an hour. So, a little bit more, little but bit more. you know, but uh, this was so much fun. Yeah, no. So I, I mean, I'm like, I love talking about this stuff, and um, as long as it's you know not tiresome to you or you know people listening, uh, I, I would be happy to come back and have a conversation like this. I love this stuff. Yeah, dude, I'd love to have you on again, and and I'm definitely gonna we're gonna keep more in touch for sure, cause cause this this was just too fun. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, yeah, if you want to stay in touch, yeah, I mean, you can shoot me a message or. You know, on the Twitch side of things right now, my schedule is uh, Mondays and Tuesdays. I start streaming at 6.30 uh, p.m. Pacific time, which I know is a little bit later for y- y'all on the on the East Coast, but that's that's the current Dr. Jones streaming schedule. Of so. course. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Cool, man. All right, man. Thank you again, and have a good day. All right. You too, man. Take care.